Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night. Good midday, good midis, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages, it is us, the Blunt Force Gamers, and I am Game Goblin at your service, your host with the green skin, the foul breath, and one pink eye. Sitting with me behind the microphones this week are... Kazakhan, the Lord Dragon. And the other guy... Darth Blasphemous, hail to the dark side. And I just realized last week we were very happy. We were very enthusiastic. We were very much having fun. The three-letter F word. It's because we were recording on Halloween and we had all that goddamn candy. Now I've got a goddamn cavity. Thanks a whole lot there, Nestle. Fucking sugar rush. But now it's time for us to get angry again. And I'm feeling a little twinge of rage. And I think this week, uh, according to the gentleman sitting with me, I think they just might agree that it's time we get angry about something we all want to be angry about. And that is... Role-playing game systems. This time we're taking it to a whole new level because two of us have sat down and tried new systems. That we have never played before. True Mine that. is new, his is old, let's get into it. Yes. Ready? Ding, ding, motherfucker. Ding, ding, motherfucker. All right, it's on. It's Game Goblin versus the Pathfinder playing system. And what I do not like about the Pathfinder playing system is why the fuck can a level one player not pick up a grenade, pull the pin, and throw it at some slobby ear looking motherfucker and be like, boom, you asshole. I just nuked your ass. And the GM says, no, you have to be level three to use grenades. And it's like, what the fuck? How do I have to be level three to use a goddamn grenade? I picked it up off the ground. He says, you are not the requisite level. And you're like, fine. I'm going to go hop in that spaceship and fly it away with my friends. And the GM will be like, no, you cannot fly that spaceship because you're level 5. And that spaceship is built for a level 5 group. I'm like, fuck you. I have the keys. I've got the card to get in there. I stole the spaceship. I will goddamn fly it. And the GM is like, no, by system, you have to be level 5. And I will be like, no, by system, your nose will break when I throw this book at your face. Go find the writers who wrote this goddamn game book and hang them by their toes from the ceiling and whip them with red vines. Because Twizzlers are too good for them. Oh, I love Twizzlers. I got a whole bag of them in my car. Twizzlers makes a goblin happy. Dude, I can't believe my neighbors gave me the whole bag. Mm, lovely. Who says trick-or-treating is just for kids? No, I, I'm serious. Uh, I just started on the, the uh, Starfinder. Starfinder system here recently. And I understand what they're trying to do. But on the other hand, it is not role-playing because they're so railroading you into level-based requirements for what you wear or do or what skills you have. Just, it sucks ass. Yeah, that that was my impression the first time I had to get used to it. And oh my god, playing with a group who had already been going, which was, of course, Kaz over there and a couple of other people, thanks to uh, Rorik? Thorik. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Thoric was is GMing this game for them and the game I was in, which we're not going to do anymore because Rota. real life. Aggro. Well, not just that. He's he's got the the new company. new thing. Yeah, 
Which, you know, super stoked for him. It's been a long, long oh, yeah. time. So that's, you know, that'll be our but, total pip of positivity for the episode. But this system for Starfinder, I mean, oh my god, the, the ship-to-ship combat. <laughs> okay, what is it? One of the guys, two of the guys had to get droids to fly in a ship with them just so they could hit a button to fire an extra time. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, our first ship-to-ship combat was hilariously bad. We went on for... We went on for about 45 minutes and then went, okay, we, we get that it works in this method. I you guys just want to skip ahead. I think the enemy actually hit us one time. I know we didn't hit them, no. but I think we actually got popped once. And then we just ignored it because it was still to shield damage. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, wow, that was awesome. I am so involved in this combat where nothing is happening. It's just a bunch of lasers going pew pew in slow motion. Because only in role-playing can it take about five minutes to travel 300 miles, but two hours to do something that takes six seconds, which is walk over and press a button to blow something up. Yeah, I mean, when you have to pull out a secondary spreadsheet that says what your actions are in order... Congratulations! That's a flowchart. It's not a spreadsheet. It's a flowchart. Well, no, because it's still technically a spreadsheet because you have for each individual person, and then it goes to their uh, flowchart. Well, congratulations, Starfinder, for taking a process that already takes two hours and turning it into a six-hour endeavor. Eat my fucking rhubarbs! Especially as a captain, you think, all right, cool, I'm going to be like fucking Picard. No, you know what I was like? I was like that little annoying fucking creature from fucking Star Wars, the worst fucking one. (laughs) Fucking riding around in the goddamn Millennium Falcon with Chewie. Yeah, 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 I just... It is kind of neat that everybody has, like, dedicated zones they can be at in the ship. That is a good point. But when ship combat starts out, I found myself really quickly doing double duty. And I was glad. I said duty. I was glad that I actually, like, made my character somewhat multi-purposing skill monkey because it was needed. Yeah. And, like, so there was... Two different paths I could have gone, and you could have easily filled one of them as well. Absolutely. As, like, you could have been engineer or science officer, and I could have been engineer or crew chief, which would have let me give you bonuses to the end as the engineer by, like, oh, let me just skip ahead and shortcut this wire. Just be that bullshit motherfucker. I still think it's funny, though. I wound up, because I made my character a hacker, I wound up sciences. And in my head... Okay, in my head canon, when I hear science officer, I think Spock. I grew up on Star Trek. You know, so when somebody says, oh, this is our sciences officer, I see somebody in a blue shirt who starts listing off psychobabble, like Dr. Crusher or Spock or Bones. Yep. And I'm like, my character's more like Data in their skill set. Why am I a science officer? I should be engineering. Yeah. You know, it, it was kind of weird the way they delegate the different tasks, but god damn do I hate that fucking system with its level-based shit. It, it, it reminds me of World of Warcraft. One of the hugest turns off I have about that game is you have to be a certain level to wear certain uh, items. Like a goddamn hat at level 15. I, I know they've changed the rules in the subsequent years since I first played that. Yes, but a hat by level 15. I'm like, no wonder there's no kids. Because when I was a young little squirmling, old people would say, put on a hat so you don't catch a cold. 
Right. Because apparently a hat, you know, will defend me from viruses. Well, it does help you, your heat radiation... It does. ...minimize. But what I'm getting to, though, is you have to be a certain level to wear a hat. So obviously if kids can't wear a hat, they all caught a cold and died. No wonder there's no kids. Yep. Yeah. I've always hated level-based equipment uh, modifiers that, you know, you can't do this or you can't do that. Like, I'm limited to what kind of computer setup my character can uh, own based on their level, which is bullshit. It should be as much finances as I have delegates what kind and how powerful of a computer I get, not how skilled I am at computers. Because... Anybody who has a thousand bucks, because like uh, when we start out, you know, level one, you get a thousand credits. Anybody should be able to get a competent, decent computer system for a thousand credits, no problem. What if I take a trade or a feat that gives me more money? Well, my computer can only go so far. I, basically, can... you're stuck with an Apple IIe, basically a speak yeah. and spell with a memory card. I'm like, right now, I am kind of pissed if the module we're playing dumps armor on us that you have to be level 2 or higher to wear, or no, level 3 or higher to wear, because we're only level 2. Yeah. And it's then... like, I can't do anything with this armor because I'm not the right level with it, even though I already know how to use this style of armor. That's stupid. I have no training whatsoever, but in real life, if I were to stumble into a police station and ask a police officer to suit me up in riot gear because there's a coming zombie invasion... And, and they somehow do it. And they somehow go, okay, yeah, there's a zombie invasion. We need all we can get out there with a shotgun. Here you go. Even though I have no real-life skill in wearing riot gear, which would be armor... It's straight-up it straight armor. armor. I should be able to wear it effectively... And know how to wear it effectively in relatively short order with somebody going, okay, here's a quick uh, training. Like, here's your five-minute pointer. Dut, 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 dut. Go. In real life, I am not a level one police officer. <laughs> but if a level, you know, a level five police officer has come along, here, here you go. Here's some armor. Strap it on. I'll show you real quick. I should be able to do it. But the way Pathfinder works is if I don't have levels in heavy armor, well, then you're just fucked. Yeah, it really is dumb, but oh. Go on, dude. Go on. Rant. Rant. It's your turn. Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Oh, boy. This ought to be good. Oh, Jesus. I'm getting the boner already. All right. All right. Oh, another ninja boner. Go. Go. I need more ninja boners. So, I'm starting to warm up to the system merely in the fact of how you create a character. Okay, they they, they kind of give you a simplified version because now it's not just I'm an orc. I get a plus two to strength. A go ahead. Uh, you know, plus two to strength, minus two to int, minus two to whiz. It's all right. You're an orc. What kind of orc are you? Oh, you're that kind of orc. You get this cool ability where like your skin is almost as tough as hide, so you get a plus one natural armor, and because you're an orc. You get a one for this trait, one for this trait, and one trait you get to throw whatever on. So it calculates as you build. You literally just pick your things, and they come with the modifiers. And then you get to pick four additional modifiers at the end of everything after you've picked your ancestry, your background, which is like, oh, I was an orc, and I, I was a bodyguard at a tavern. I was a fucking bouncer. And then you pick your class, so it's ABC. Look at how they did that. Ancestry background class. You pick your class, and you're like, I'm going to be a fucking wizard. <laughs> because, fuck it. 
magic taser, bitch. And it's literally all your character is built around. And you can do that and be like, oh, fucking I'm a wizard, but I get a little bit of natural armor. I'm already doing great. And because I'm a orc with the fucking tough, uh, tough hide background, then, you know, I start out with HP of like fucking nine. And because I'm a fucking wizard, that adds like one to it. So I'm total HP of 10 at level one is pretty good. But the thing that annoys the fuck out of me, absolutely, ugh, is when we're playing it, alright? We're going through. You get three actions, and each thing takes one to three actions. You want to cast a spell, that's always two actions. You want to cast a bigger version of the spell, that's all three of your actions. But if you're a level one fucking anything, you can run for one move, uh, one action. Move your total movement. So that means for cashing in all three of my movements, I can run three times my base speed at no penalties. Well, I hate to burst your bubble on this one. Um, before I um, got kicked off the baseball team for excessive aggression, don't ask. Anyway, uh, I learned... Oh, I got the first microphone thump. I learned that from the home plate to first base, and from first base to About second base, and from second base to third base, and so on and so on and so forth, when you're sliding in the home and your pants start to foam, it's diarrhea, cha-cha-cha. But I learned that it is 90 feet. Regulation from home plate to first base, 90 feet. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, if I hit the ball as I was supposed to do... My job was to immediately run from home base to first base. That makes sense. That's the way the game is played. And yeah, you can do it in six seconds. And yeah, you can do it in six seconds. But, but here, here's my issue, all right? All right. So going from first edition Pathfinder, you can move, you could double move, you could full-on sprint, but it usually costs you all of your stuff, right? Yeah. But a full-on sprint, if I remember, you would... Uh, was it, it was twice your maximum? Uh, maximum, I believe, was times four. Times four. Yeah. yeah so so it, it's already better in that system. Move was times one, uh, double move was times two, and full on, I'm getting the fuck out of here, was full times sprint. four. Uh, if you had the run feet, then it was times five. Yeah, so right there, it's already better than in this system where I can only burn actions to do it, so I only get three times. So if I'm trying to get the fuck out... I can only move three times my my uh, speed mo uh, modifier. Okay, that's fine. I can see where that yeah, could be detrimental. that's what's bugging me. Okay. Mainly because that's how my dwarf died the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or Shadwell. Well, no, 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 not. Well, this is Shadwell the second. Shadwell the second. But this time he he had... was the one without the beard and had the mustache. No, 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 this is the one that's a big game hunter. He doesn't have a companion cat. Now he hunts big game. But because he's only a level fucking two, he has yet to hunt anything, really. The most he's done is convince a bear not to eat us. What? Not... He's killed some goblins. He's killed some boggards. You know, it's actually really strange um, that you mentioned Pathfinder 2nd uh, Edition because I've been watching a Shit ton of YouTube videos on gun Dungeons and Dragons and Game Mastery and stuff like that because, you know, Game Master is never done learning. Uh, oddly enough, big game hunter over there, 
Wow, you're making a lot of noise in your microphone. What are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? I was adjusting because I was going to move, and then it started going crazy. You know what? You know when you're moving your microphone around like that, it sounds kind of like one of those things, uh, like kind of like a really fucked up sonar. <laughs> but anyway, it's really weird that you mentioned uh, Pathfinder 2E and how much you hate it, because apparently everybody hates Pathfinder 2E. But they have record sales, and they're already coming out with the next expansion book. Yeah, and they said the same Where? thing. About, yeah, they said the same thing about Star Trek Divi uh, Discovery and Batwoman on the CW, which you know are getting record amounts of viewers and shit. Record <laughs> lows. According to them, they're on the right path. But what I'm saying, it's like sure all the funny them. stories that all these guys are reading on their uh, videos on YouTube, and some of these channels are really fucking awesome. Everybody's like, yeah, we're playing a Pathfinder 1E game. And I'm like, what day did this video came out? And it's like September, you know, 2020. I'm like, first edition is not dead yet, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going, oh, we're playing a Pathfinder 2E game. Nobody has started a, a, one of their funny stories or horrible stories with any of that. But. And I mean, they've got all these modules out. They, they made Kingmaker for it as the big bombastic. And yeah, we all cringe as I say that. Yes, we do. But... It's, Pain. It's their big flagship deal, right? Like, they fucking streamlined it. You can play it on Alexa. You can play fucking um, Starfinder on Alexa. Because they got together with Amazon. But the systems are, oh, like, thematically? Cool. It's nice to hear. It's nice to see. But to play it, unless you are, like, a dedicated fanboy and would crawl over ten miles of broken glass on your belly to buy the next book, you're not going to have a good time. I, I'm just saying, and excuse me if this sounds like I'm an old man or some shit. Aren't you, I, though? I, I'm really starting to get tired of new fucking editions. Yeah. Second edition D&D, AD&D, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I remember back when we still had Alignment Tongue. Yeah. Languages. Okay, I've been doing D&D &D for a little while. I, I kind of know a few things about it. Just a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, AD&D &D was a great, at its time, step up. Keep Dungeons & Dragons great again. But it was a great step up from first edition. And AD&D &D lasted all through the 80s. Almost all the way through the 90s. It damn near made it 20 years on its own fucking power. Sold really great with the people who enjoyed the game, who were competent enough to fuck with the math, and have fun with the modules that came out. Uh, that's awesome. And then 3.5 came out. Okay, you know, it's been about 20 years since AD&D came out. The system does have some major loopholes in it. It's got some power creep. It does have a lot of homebrew rules due to lack of balancing issues. You know, it's about time to give it a, you know, a good send-off. Cheerio, mate. 3.5 comes out, and I'm like, great. And I haven't even collected my collection of 3.5 books that I want to get that are currently out, or even some of the new books, and suddenly 4.0 comes out. And I'm like, the fuck? And even if I was a 4.0 player, I turn around barely fast enough, and then suddenly... Some Canadian twat with a handful of friends comes and rents out one of the rooms at the game store that I'm running. I'm like, all right, these kids are, they're buying shit. They're cool. And they're renting the room. It's their space. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. And if they say that guy can't play with them, that guy does not fucking play with them. 
we're cool. And then uh, one day these fuckwits come into the store and they're like, hey, we're beta testing Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. I'm like, the fuck? 4th just came out like a couple of years ago. Isn't it a bit early? Now they're already whispering of 6th. And now they're already whispering of 6th. Yeah, I'm... I am sorry, but can we just develop a game system that can last about, I don't know, 10 years before we even decide to start throwing new books at people? I mean, yeah, there's that. I know Wizards in its own right is kind of sideways. You mean they're just keep going for the big cash grabs? I mean, look what they're doing with Magic the Gathering. Oh, Jesus, fuck me, Christ. He said it. <laughs> just saying, like, I mean, how many special versions of covers do you have to do? I can't believe they released an art book, which is literally just pictures of art from Magic, or from D&D. I can't believe somebody decided that it would be a good idea to release a published copy of Vampire 5th Edition and think people would want to legitimately buy it for the price tag on the goddamn book. What was that, a $90 book? Uh, I we we went we went into, we went into the local game store, uh, the one in the mall. They had a copy, and I picked it up, looked at the back, and the guy I was with, he's like, "Oh, Vampire the Masquerade," you know, it's like collector's edition on the front. I flipped the book over, and it's like a hundred and fifty bucks, and I am like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> Man, I paid a hundred and fifty bucks and got a trio of books and a GM screen with special fancy fucking covers. If I had a hundred and fifty bucks just to throw in the wind and make it vanish, screw that! I'm gonna go make some memories with a six pack of beer and a hooker. Yeah, I mean, at least at that point, you're getting something out of it. Well, that way I'm getting something out of it, and uh, you know, I'll remember long after the encounter's over with the constant itching and scratching, and maybe the pustulant boils, and the <laughs> bloody hatchet, and the trip up into the hills. But, you know, I'll get something out of it. I'll have good memories. <laughs> or you could take that same 150 go and hit up every, you know, half-price consignment bookstore, and probably find an entire collection a fucking AD and D and go back to the glory days when the game made sense. Uh, with enough hunting, you could do it. With enough hunting, you could do it. But there's uh, specifically only two books that I'd really want to buy out of the AD and D stuff. Actually, three, uh, based on their rarity. I would want to buy Oriental Adventures because uh, it is a low print uh, run book. It, when I last got a copy of it, before I had to get rid of it, my copy cost me 90 bucks because it was that hard to find. Uh, when I picked it up, we didn't have the internet back then, so you actually did to poke around and people could say, Hey, this is the first copy you found in a year, kid. Take it or leave it. Fuck you. All right? So 90 bucks gone. It's all wet and fucking... Some of the pages stuck together, you know, but whatever. I had fun. Never um, figured out how the geisha class worked. <laughs> yeah it's like a bard who stabs people in the goddamn neck no uh the Oriental <laughs> Adventures book is one of the, the ones that I'd want to get again the Cthulhu copy of Deities and Demigods because having a copy of that would be just like memories of what started me so angry with the puritanical movement against role playing games in the first place because that was the first book that was confiscated from me when I was a kid I'm like it's a game, you dumbasses. It's not a guidebook to worshipping Satan. 
Castillo, not even in here. Cthulhu was written by H.P. Lovecraft, and we have H.P. Lovecraft books in our local library. So they're referencing shit he wrote. So obviously they're not real gods if he's a fiction writer. Do you understand what the word fictional characters means? But wait, you gotta remember, people from their generation also <laughs> were one of the most people to sign up for Scientology. Jesus Christ, dude, my blood pressure's going through the goddamn roof. And the third book I'd want to get is the Necromancer's Handbook. Really? Because it is expensive as fuck, really hard to find. I have only had one cop, no, two copies of that book uh, actually cross through my hands in my entire life. The price may have gone down, but the last time I saw a copy for sale in any bookstore was about $150. Uh, and that's pretty much how rare it is. Like, when I first saw the Necromancer's Handbook, I was blown away. I was like, they actually have a book for this shit? And it had a variant cover on it. Instead of being brown, it was blue. So that's those are the three books I'd want to get. But hey, you know what? I'm railroading the microphone again, and um, yeah, because that's the way I get when I'm angry. <laughs> See, blue. About half blue. the time. Oh, so it's gone down to a hundred. Oh well, yeah, and that's on uh, something something dot com. Because why would we tell people when we could get a good copy of it? Let's give it a click. Well, you know, if they're not going to sponsor us, they can eat a fucking ass. Wait, I I'm gonna have to look through my collection. I, yeah. I might... No, I don't have that book, but yeah. Um, yeah, th that's one of the few books I'd want to get uh, for AD&D. Now, Kazakhan, <laughs> I understand you uh, are playing a game system that is old. Uh, written back in the late 80s, early 90s. And is unlike Dungeons & Dragons, a game that plays itself, uh, rolls characters for itself, and basically tells you what to do by itself. I understand you're playing an old rule set game system. One oh. that you actually have to think and do stuff with. One where you actually have to crunch numbers. Dude, with a Rifts is the fucking number crunchiest game I have ever come across. Isn't GURPS worse? GURPS is really simple by comparison. I've played GURPS. GURPS was easy by comparison. And I know that there's GURPS ad adaptations for the Rifts system so that you can go one way out of Rifts and still use all of the Rifts goodies. Well, tell us about your experiences, because apparently uh, you seem to have something on your mind. I get that they scaled the leveling based on the power of the class, but holy fucking Christ, by all the gods, it is some jank-ass numbers to level up a character, right? And, you know... And it's not even a unified curve, which makes sense. I understand why they did it. At the same time, your grunt monkey soldier is going to level up like three times faster than the fucking science dweeb. Well, it's because you're a science dweeb. Even so, it's like... You're a fucking cowboy, dude. Of course the soldier's going to level up faster than you because he's got to go play the homecoming game. Well, he's also just finished pumping in his, into the homecoming. Queen. Actually, let me let, let me explain one thing to you, okay? All right, hit uh, me with that, Lord. Have you played AD and D? I have not. Have you played Second Edition? Anything from Second Edition? Have you looked at the character sheet for Second Edition? I have not, and I have a feeling it's going to make my head hurt when I do. All right, I can grab the book. Yeah, we can grab the book now. What I want to explain to you is, if he were to grab the book of AD and D and hand it to you right now and let you thumb through it, it would take you less than five minutes to see Rifts. In a whole new light. No. 
seriously. Uh, and I, I, do, I do say a lot of bad shit about Symbiota, and at the same time, I love to praise the guy because he does do some good shit. And he has writ written a game system that has endured the ages, and being an independent publisher of games, to be able to have a game that stands on its own two feet for as long as it has is a goddamn accomplishment, because a lot of systems and a lot of books have come and gone. Yeah. So to gain a dedicated following who are, will stick with your product and buy whatever books come out and have a good time with it, that's fucking great. Now, in second edition, as you're flipping through, if you were to look through the classes, all of them do not have a unified... I don't need books. God damn it, I'm talking. Sit the fuck back down. Jesus Christ, I will fucking stab you with your own scapula. Now... <laughs> If you were to look through the classes in Dungeons & Dragons, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, in comparison to Rips, there's no unified leveling system. Fighters level faster than Wizards. Oh, Rogues dear. are somewhere in between. Clerics level about the same as Wizards. Monks are completely fuckered up. The abilities and skills you get for your classes are very similar to the way abilities and skills are written in Rips. It's almost like somebody sat down, played a few games of Dungeons & Dragons, and said, you know what? We need a far future post-apocalyptic version of Dungeons & Dragons with magic and dragons and psionics and fucking warriors and stuff, and decided to write his own game system. Yeah. It's really amazing how similar they are. In fact, the combat systems, in some aspects, are near identical. In some aspects, not all. There is that seven degrees of separation. And if you really want to fucking put your mind through a loop, all right? I mean, just totally turn your mind into goddamn bloody pletches of cottage cheese with goddamn chives and okra smashed into it. No. Oh, God, it's okra. You, okay, carry just on. Just open up yourself a can of bacon and pomegranate soda, two flavors that finally came to fucking gather. Take a good goddamn sip of that shit and squeeze some lemon juice up your butthole because you're about to taste a goddamn rainbow of awesome. Play a game of AD&D. Immediately follow up with the game of riffs. Do this back and forth and back and forth and eventually you will wind up going, Hey, my rolls to attack are just the opposite in riffs as they are in AD&D. It's like I'm rolling for negative Thacko. <laughs> <laughs> because they are. The way you roll the hit in Rifts is backwards to AD&D. Huh. It's almost the exact same system, just turned on its goddamn ear. I'm not saying that there was maybe some plagiarism involved, but I will say there's some inspiration. But you know the thing. But the thing. <laughs> Alright. Fucky shit. Yeah, that... Hey, we're talking about systems this episode, and if you want me to talk about systems, I will fucking lay it down. <laughs> and then I will pull out my goddamn steamroller out of my back pocket and run over your baby and make some tacos. I mean, seriously, there are some whacked-ass systems. Like, I think one of the ones I love the most is the Tristat system for Silver Age Sentinels. Oh god, Tristat is so awesome. It, it makes so much more sense, and the way you build a character is a bit more intensive in what you're able to do. Almost every Tristat book a beginner can walk into. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was fairly simple, like, once Goblin gave us the okay, this is this is your baseline rundown. Have fun. Yeah, I, I first got in the Tristat system and I wanted to play more. I went out and I bought some books. 
And of course, there were games that weren't popular, so nobody would fucking play them with me. And I'm like, eat a dick, the, the system is awesome. Tristat is great for a player of any level. Yeah. It I... is one of the systems I'm confident in giving an 11 year old like yourself. No, I'm just fucking with you. I know you're not 11. <laughs> he's Bitch, like, please, I've gotten more drunk. Ugh, God's bad stories. Anyways, yeah, I liked ahead. the TriStat system. It was very intuitive. Like, I, you know, I started in 3.5, right? D&D 3.5. Played a fair bit in that. In fact, there's some classes I want to port over into other systems because they're neat and they have good flavor. I'd have to figure out the balancing mechanics, but that's, you know, sideways. And, you know, he's sitting there stewing at me, just like, oh, gonna snap. Um, so, for me, starting with 3.5 gave me a little bit, a little bit, of a, of a, a good view of the, of some of the potential complexity. At the time, I hadn't been introduced to Rifts. At the time, I hadn't been introduced to AD&D, which I took all of a four-second thumb through right there. Um, and, you know, some of the complexity and some of the customization. And then I see other systems, and Silver Age Sentinels is, like, intuitive. It is, isn't it? It is. And, and I'm just like, huh, this makes sense. Hey. Spooky. You know what? I know you're angry sometimes, mm. and I'm I'm just <laughs> rage in a green skin. I'm just naturally <laughs> bile, less than happy. Uh, Can seems a little too happy, but you know what? I think it's time we piss off everyone. Oh mm. no, listeners included, our audience, ourselves, everybody in this room. I think it's time we even go out into the other room and piss off the cat while we're at it. I mean, just just rile everybody up. But you know. Kazarkan's positivity needs to be the first fucking sacrifice to the Elder Gods, if you know what I mean. So, Kazarkan, in my effort to anger you, tell me, how do you feel about what Wizards of the Coast is doing in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition lately with the removing of negatives on races in the name of diversity? What the actual fucking fuck? Okay, this is what all the whispering of... It's either 5.5 or 6th edition. Is that basically... You can play whatever you want, and all that matters is the class. Yeah, if your halfling identifies as an orc, you're an orc. Yeah. Okay. Okay, kiddos. And the ticket one step fucking further. asses down. The ticket one step further. If my gnome identifies as an elf, and my gnome has the gender written down of male on it, well, since I identify as an elf, and elves are gender fluid racially, I can also, just because I identify as being an elf by race, even though I'm a gnome, I can also flip my gender at the same time. By the rules. Fucking why? Okay, okay. I get right. they're doing this oh. whole diversity thing. Well, I'm asking Hold you on. because no, you're no, our no, alphabet no, no, suit no, guy. No, no, It is not a diversity thing. It is a power grab by external forces who have never truly sat down to play the game. Or if they had, they had a bad time because they wanted to be the specialist fucking snowflake and were unable to. I know, right? <laughs> Fuck, so, man, you're stank. 
Hey, I'm peanut butter caramel shake. Yeah, somebody had to have dairy before a fucking podcast. Way to fucking go. Uh, no, the reason we're the reason I'm asking you this though is uh, because out of the three of us, you are our resident alphabet soup guy. You are the LGBTQ ABC one two three X Y Z. So, from your purview of this inclusionary practice, do you see this as a benefit or a detriment to the future of gaming? First, I'm going to start with I'm trying to ignore that fucking cockbag because right now I want to break my ankle off up in his ass. (laughs) Careful, it might get launched into... Dude, I will put my fist so far up your ass, I will turn you into a hand puppet. Uh, uh, at least we're not losing airtime this time. <laughs> we just might. We Jesus. really might. You fucking ass. Seriously. <laughs> this does not make for good audio on a podcast. All right, it's funny I'm for sorry. you. But god damn it, I'm about to carve runic symbols into your fucking nipples. Uh. You are banned from fucking dairy before a podcast. Second. I second the motion wholeheartedly. Motherfucking Christ. Alright. I'm already angry enough, and now I just want to fucking throat punch you into oblivion. So, on the subject of being the LGBTQ, etc., and honestly, forced inclusion is just as bad as exclusion. Straight up. Because what it does is it it removes away the identity that you're trying to build for yourself or build for your character. It strips it down to its bare bones and it's just like, you are orc. What does orc mean? Orc. It, it, it dumbs it down to that fucking simplicity. And like... There is no fucking reason, except for people who, like Blasphemous said, bean counters who haven't fucking sat down and played, who don't already understand that that's functionally exactly what the fucking RPG systems do, barring whatever their name is, D&D, Rifts, Pathfinder, Starfinder, fucking AD&D, and everything in between. All of that is an expression of self, or an expression as extension of yourself beyond yourself and when you're starting to like oh i can identify this way i mean if you have a talented gm they are more than happy to be like you know if you're feeling this way we can work that into the story we can work that into the character development of your character your story it's your story i'm just here to provide the backdrop and the overarching goals some of them right That's my job as the storyteller. My job is to make sure my players have fun. It is not to shoehorn an identity prospect and process onto them that completely washes them in color, whatever fucking color. Orc, elf, gnome, rock troll, fucking halfling. Yeah, halfling, half, half demon. Anything. All of that is just... It... Okay. So let me put it to you this way. Are you fucking proud? 
You finally got the rant. We have been at this podcast for nearly four years. And almost you fi- five. Almost five. And you finally ranted. You feel better? No, because this still this shit is still fucking stupid. Right. So let me, let me put it this way: you like ice cream, right? Of course, I like ice cream. Kazergan loves my ice cream. <laughs> Besides the point. No, you like ice cream, right? He does. Yes. I, I make some really good caramel do you, fudge. Do you like uh, black licorice? Fuck black licorice. That's what they're doing. They're pouring black licorice into your ice cream because some people like black licorice in their ice cream. And they're and forcing it, everyone to eat it. Wow, that's a pretty good metaphor, actually. It is. Holy shit. And I've been th- thinking about this for fucking years. And the thing about it is, I will move my money to a different product. That's I still a, that's have a, the power yes. of the wallet. Yeah. And they can't take that away from me. If they're not going, if they're going a direction I'm not fan, a fan of, fuck them. I'm out. See you guys next time. Maybe you have another chance if you don't fuck it up again. Yeah, it's like, um, recently, uh, I just came across my news desk of the uh, internet that um, hundreds of thousands uh, of literal, literal, honest to God, 100% Nazis, okay? You know, the guys who put their right hand up in the air and shout Zig Heil and, you know, actually believe in uh, National Socialism and actually are enlisted members of the armed forces for Nazi Germany. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, all of these members of Nazi Germany are now dead, for the most part, uh, given that Save 1936 was a damn near uh, 90 years ago at this point. Uh, so most of them have aged out, and very, very few of them have uh, any life left in their bones whatsoever. But uh, when I was looking at my news desk about these literal, actual, honest-to-God Nazis... A lot of them, despite being dead, uh, have voted with their wallets to not purchase games being published by publishers currently, like uh, one that I listed on the podcast a while back, uh, because these publishers are putting that if you are a Nazi, please do not buy our game. And you know what? I have to give it to those guys, despite the fact that they, you know, do have a pretty fucked up ideology. They did vote with their wallet. They put their money where their mouths is and did not get out of their grave to buy that game book. Yeah. Yeah. That's just amazing. Yeah. And like... (laughs) Wow. I don't agree with them. I really don't. But holy shit, can I respect that? You know, when somebody says, you know, don't buy our book and the dead don't rise from the grave to buy that book... You know the dead are not interested in that product. And it's strange, too, because you know what? A lot of the people who are living, much like myself currently, Questionably. have also optioned not to buy the same book. And they also don't agree on a moral or ideological level with the people who are dead. It's like, wow, if this book is going to insult me and call me names despite the fact that I have no connection to the people they're calling out, and they are going to assume that I am part of an ideology I do not agree with, well, fuck those guys. And they're not buying those books either. You know, that is amazing. And here I am just being like, you know what? I want to play my goddamn games. I want to roll dice. I want to eat my chicken titties and have a goddamn game system that's actually playable. Wow. And mind you, he plays things that aren't goblins, so you know, 
He's doing that whole thing where you're expressing yourself and playing something you are not. He is not really a ninja sorcerer ranger combo. Actually, I am. I have yet to see you wield a. Bow. I'm also a twin panda salt and part dragon. See, it's still an extension of yourself. Uh, you put yourself into any character you put in. I'm what? part luck dragon. <laughs> I hate giant turtles. <laughs> okay, dog dragon. <laughs> oh, that's a never-ending story. <laughs> but, but anyways, it, it's a thing where these people don't understand because they've never really played the game. I'm ninety percent sure, and I know there are people out there like, "Oh, you're a gatekeeper. Oh, you, you're totally a fake gamer because you're accusing them of being fake gamers." No, listen. They ever sat down and really played? Really sat down and played? They could play whatever the hell they want. They could be things they've never even thought of. You crack open that book, or you go into the extended books, especially if someone's kind enough to lend it to you, so you don't have to fucking buy it. Yeah. You can play things you have never thought of. You want to be a slime girl from like some anime shit you oh, watch? There's rules in that. You can be there a fucking slime girl. You don't even necessarily need the goddamn rules for it. Uh, a game group is an extension of a person in its own right. It's an extension of all of those people yeah. mingling together to yeah. create something new. Absolutely. Like, a person is, of course, a collection of their own memories and experiences and morality, ideology, a, a, a clusterfuck of different things. You know, like people are. Like people are. An individual person is, in essence, an individual. Holy fuck, who would have thought? And a game group is similar in the same way, like you said, an extension of that. And if Blasphemous is running a game and... There's four of us in the group, and I walk up to Blasphemous and say, Hey, I'm a little embarrassed about this, but I want to play an elf. No. All right. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying. Knife ears. Maybe I'm a little elf curious, okay? So I walk up and I say, I want to play an elf, but I have a concept for this elf that deviates from the norm. It's not in the rules. Let me explain this to you. And if I give... Blasphemous, a balanced proposal of a third, not even third party, just homebrew rules to make my elf more interesting towards me. You know what? If I make a good argument and it's fair and balanced to the game and the other players, he'll be inclined to say, you know what? That's an interesting concept. Go ahead. Right. And Holy shit. It doesn't have to be enforced by the goddamn rules published. And now, again, this is an extension of yourself. Your idea, your creation for this particular elf is new. Is new to the system and can be worked in with a little bit of, you know, hickering and dickering between the DM and you and balance playing. But it's something that expresses your interests, not the game's. I, I just have to say one thing, though, real quick. That was uh, just an example. I am not elf curious. Just, just have to put that out there. I am comfortable with my green skin. I have no desire to have pointy ears uh, or dance in a field of flowers naked under the moonlight uh, with my long, shimmering, beautiful silver hair. <laughs> uh, but we have we have gone way off topic. Well, no, because we we've, we've gone into the deeper part of the topic is game systems. Yeah, the deeper part and of the topic. how we see the degradation of game systems, where even back in the goddamn '80s when it was Second edition, you could play damn near whatever you wanted, couldn't you? You D and D, uh, or I should say A D and D two E had its definite uh, failings and uh, fail, uh, weak points. 
But as the game progressed and expanded and grew and we got different roles to play in, whether it was Al-Kadim or Dark Sun, Planescape, Greyhawk, Faerun, it kept expanding and growing and getting weirder and weirder and more vibrant. There was all sorts of options. And even though I really had very little experience with it, and occasionally I'd pick up a book and flip through it, and I'd be like, holy fuck, this is playable? And GMs would be like, yeah, well, you know, you can play pretty much anything you want. And even back then, uh, you find the right GM and you're like, hey, I got an idea for a, a dwarf. Uh, and you propose a, a dwarf, you know, that might fit in with the rest of the party, but follows most of the dwarf stats, but deviates ever so slightly. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's kind of like a variant of a goalie dwarf, but a little bit different. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Play it. You can still have that dialogue with your game master that you wanted to play something that was a little, you know, a bit more snowflakey than normal, or fit a concept you wanted to play that seemed to be fitting within the world, but, you know, expand upon it, because a lot of the races and creatures that they expanded were original constructs and characters that whoever wrote these books also wanted to create and play. They published material of things they thought were interesting, and this kind of blows down to the player. Hey, the player doesn't have to play what's already published. They can add to the world, too. And it was a lot of people, especially early on, uh, a lot of people were just adding stuff to the world and building it up by coming out with fucking creations they thought were neat. Right? Uh, Thrykreen. Let's oh, just, like, God. Thrykreen or, uh, you know, Dragonborn, Dragonkin, depending on which system and how extensive their direct bloodline is. Fusruda. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, all sorts of this stuff. Like, uh, my buddy is, you know, one of his things is a new class variant for paladins. A paladin of the elements. So their, their beholden oath is to, like, a sorcerer or something with, you know, power over the elements. Not to a deity, not to a strict code of conduct, per se. But it's... I'm sorry, I'm just like... I, I'm picturing, like, an off-brand druid... I'm picturing Aang running around with a sword, screaming that evil must be smited. I mean... Because everything was okay until the Fire Nation invaded. I'm just seeing, like, you go to order a uh, fucking druid, and it's from Wish.com, and you end up with a sorcerer. (laughs) Shit. That is harsh, dude, because sorcerers are fucking baller. (laughs) Not druids for the win, bro. Druids are awesome, depending on the build you go with. Uh, and depending on the role you need, a sorcerer is like motherfucking Batman. Sorcerers are weak sauce for the first five levels, but after that, it's all fucking just mollywop. All right, it's like that scene where you know you do impossible shit, like jump on a Harrier jump jet and break the fucking glass with your hand, pull the terrorist out, and beat the shit out of him. You know, you just go all true lies on that shit. I'm a sorcerer, bitch. I'm Batman. (laughs) <laughs> a druid starts to peter out and, you know, start going downhill about level 12 or 13, maybe at the end of it's about 14. Then, you know, the wizard and uh, fighter step up and be like, ah, uh, turtle's gonna win the race there, rabbit. You got there faster, but I'm getting there stronger. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing a campaign or a module that only goes to, like, level 10, yeah, druid totally, all the way. Fuck yeah. But if you're going to level 20 and you want to drop tack nukes on people, sorcerer. God, I love tack nukes. Nothing I says I love you like 5,000 fireballs in a mailbox. 
I, I love being an occultist because a lot of the uh, casting stuff isn't so much on material spent. It's all psychic energy I spend, which is dependent on my emotion. Yeah, but all the fucking classes in that book are fucking broken. According yes, they to, are. By system. And that's one of the things. And, and back all to our topic of systems, actually, one of the things I really loved about Pathfinder when they first brought it out, and this is what sold me on it, having dealt with the fucking gaping holes, like somebody was trying to drive a train right between a porn star's thighs, because 3.5 had some massive holes in it. Massive. Especially with coup de gras. <laughs> Unstoppable rogue. But... Yeah. Yeah. Coup de gras. But, coup de gras killers. Coup de gras was just fucking bent. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, one of the things that sold me on Pathfinder, though, is... Of course, they were shoring up some of these holes in the system. They simplified grappling rules, which was a fucking godsend. Yeah. But what they did is they stripped away all the magic items from all the classes. Didn't matter. Out of the 12 basic classes you get, strip away all the magic items. And then stripped them all the way back down to level 1 and build all the classes up side by side, in parallel to one another, from 1 to 20. So a level 8 monk is just as powerful as a level 8 fighter. A level 9 rogue is the same as a level 9 sorcerer in power scale. They should be able to take on the same amount of crafting side by side. So the power levels were way rebalanced. So taking away magic items, everybody's pretty much on the same playing level. So if the GM brings except in... Except the ranger who's always coming in last. Except the ranger who's just, you know... I feel sorry for the ranger. I mean, it got better when they added ultimate combat and some of the uh, not archetypes, but um, no, no, it would be archetypes because I'm thinking prestige cost. But the archetypes yeah. got way better after ultimate combat. Yeah, there was no reason to go into prestige. That's one of the things that blew me away. Is like in 3.5 prestige classes, everybody wanted one. Nobody that I know of. Except in rare cases, wanted to go from level 1 to 20 as their core class. They always wanted to sprinkle in a prestige class. And a lot of books came out with new variant prestige classes. And that was the way to build your character to actually be, like, super badass awesome. And then Pathfinder comes out, and I'm looking at the way they balanced all the classes, and I'm checking out the rules and the numbers and shit, and I'm like, holy fuck, they're doing a good job at this. It's not 100%, but it's way better than it used to be, because monks were just, yeah... Flurry, 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 wrong. flurry, flurry. Monks were just wrong. They needed retooled badly. And they retooled them pretty well. And they retooled them pretty well. And then you add magic items on top of that, and it's just like putting the frosting on the cake. I like it. Yeah. The occult classes, I know why you like them, because they're all fucking bent, they're all fucking broken, and they're all power gaming as shit. And in Pathfinder, the base classes do not need any flair to them anymore. You are just good running from level 1 to 20, and in fact, taking a prestige class can be a detriment. Oh yeah. Instead of a necessity. Or dual classing. Or dual classing. But the the main reason, so I I look at the occult classes more as like they're that weird flavored Japanese candy your friend brought you one time from that special store they frequent. Oh. And I got a taste for it. Dude, melon candy is awesome. No, I'm talking like this is the seaweed fucking. Oh, the seaweed crap. Ugh. No, no, it's like a, a seaweed. What are they? The the fucking stick cookie things. Uh, pocky. It's seaweed it, it, pocky. It's, it's, it's actually delicious. really funny. If I were to like put all three down as a food item, 
3.5 is teriyaki. Okay. All right. You get you get a little bit of meat, a lot of rice to fill you up. It's kind of nutritionally void, and most of the flavor doesn't really come from the meat. It's it's got to have extra flavoring put on it. Typically comes with veg. Typically comes with some vegetables. With a, vegetable salad. With a really a shitty, shitty salad you don't want to eat. We just threw like four salads away from the last time we had teriyaki. Yeah, I, I was. I believe just, that. I I never eat a teriyaki salad. I'm just like fuck it, unless I'm super mega ultra hungry. And at that point, and, you're just cramming your face. And after eating like two pounds of rice, chances are I'm not hungry. Uh, so 3.5 is like the teriyaki. You know, it, it, it's 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 good. It, it does what it's it needs passable. to do. It's passable. It gets the job done. Then, or actually, that's 3. Oh, yeah, that's 3.5. That's 3.5. And in comparison, Pathfinder is like not teriyaki. This is like... Full on, I'm going out and get myself a gyro. Ooh, gyro. With a nice zaki with sauce. With the Greek fries? With the Greek fries. Okay. All right. It's got all the flavor. Wait, so does that mean the occult classes are as fucking hummus? The occult taste? The occult classes is that weird rice that you come with your baklava. Mm, yeah, yeah. It has no flavor, and it's really weird looking and stringy. People tell you it's good, but you're like, No. No, it's weird. And and system-wise, it's broken. There's just something wrong about it. Like the fact that by level 7, you can have two fucking undead T-Rexes at your beck and call. T-Rex skeletons? T-Rex skeletons, but they're still pretty fucking powerful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah! And then... We have Captain Fuckwit over here come over with Lightning Elemental Guy who says, as long as somebody approaches me, they take damage and die. Wow! Yeah, that sounds fair and balanced. Totally. I approach you. I die. Woo! Um. Shit. All the bad guys are now using arrows. Magically enchanted arrows of fuck you. Ooh. Magically enchanted arrows of eat a goddamn dick. Damn. They, they do. Now, uh, the more I look through the occult book, the more I want to burn it. Uh, <laughs> from a system standpoint, it is fucking broken, and that is some high level power creep. And you guys know that I'm not a big fan of power creep. Nobody is a big fan of power creep. And yet, it's a thing that is in all systems in its own way. It's, it's a, a thing in all systems, yeah. You know, the more powerful you are, the more powerful you're supposed to feel. The problem is, most people, most game systems have trouble balancing it on a linear curve. I think one of the big problems is, especially with some publishers, uh, and, and again, this is one another place where I can credit Symbieta for writing what he did in Rifts. There's very few writers on there, and in fact, one of the writers he kicked out of his writing staff, and I believe that was uh, C.J. Corella, because C.J., Every time he wrote a book, it was always a little bit more powerful than the last book, or a little bit better, or a little bit more <coughs> uber. And so you get the power creep thing going on. So the next writer has to write stuff that's, you know, a little bit better. And the Corella would come along and write something that's way better. And by the time you get around uh, Rift's book 14 through 18, the power creep is really big in their power curve. And most of the previous books cannot compete with the later books. Wait, I've got another analogy. And so he actually, like, calmed it down, 
But when you get the power creep, especially like in Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, Jesus. Massive power creep. And there's only supposed to be 13 clans. And at one time, I had a massive collection and I counted them. I'm like, why are there 16 then? If there's 13 core clans by the lore, why is it that when I go through all these books, I find 16 clans? Hmm. And I'm sure there's more out there. But there was massive power creep. And I think one of the problems is... When they develop a writing team, and I know people want to bring on new talented writers, that's great. But the problem I have, but big, big the but. writers should be uh, familiar with as much of the previously written material as humanly possible. Wait, I'm gonna not stop you right just there. the core book. No, it's worse than that because it's like anyone who does modern entertainment or movies, where they are like, "Oh yeah, Batman, I'll totally do a Batman movie." Why Why is he asking Superman if he bleeds? Oh god, oh god. They're gonna do Dune again. It's gonna be horror bad. It's one of those things of they don't hire people on their knowledge of the subject. They hire people who try and make it more appealing to everyone. And if people hear that it's super powerful, then you go from Green Lantern handing out goddamn citations and fucking fruit pies uh, on the street... Green Lantern fighting an otherworldly, better-than-Cthulhu being. The power creep is real because you gotta keep moving them books to keep them lights on. You don't need power creep. You can don't, be- but that's what they think. That's the problem with having bean counters in charge. Yeah. There is a... Uh, I mean, you don't need it. You don't. You really don't need it. No. What you need is interesting characters, a story that's well told, you know, a good hook, a good villain, relatable characters, not just to a certain demographic or a, the broadest demographic possible, just relatable in some way. Everybody at one point in time has been depressed when something bad has happened. If you introduce a character who feels bad because they fucked up. Or, you know, Survivor's Guilt. Survivor's Guilt. Redemption or Something. You know, they're, they're depressed because, you know, their life isn't as peachy as they want. You know what? I guarantee there's a large number of people in this world who are living lives currently that they're not completely satisfied with and can relate to a character written in the story who feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Ding! It's Crazy not, light bulb. It's not that hard. You know, a compelling character that's well-written can appeal to a lot of people just if they connect on an emotional level. of it. Yeah. Easy. You don't need power creep. Systems are the same way. You don't need power creep. No. You just need an engaging book that interests the audience and expands on the already incorporated lore. With a lot of fucking math to drive away all the plebs. More math! More problems! If I don't whip out a TI-82, that game isn't for me. I want to do long division when I figure out my attributes. When I need to make a roll to attack, I better fucking be doing calculus. Because I want the plebs to go away. When I look at the battlefield, I need to whip out a protractor. The slide ruler and be like, alright, let's do this shit. Because if that game is difficult, I know all the dweebs and plebs will be gone because it's too hard. Fuck you if it's too hard. Learn the fucking math and not this common core bullshit. 
Two plus two equals four. It's not that difficult. You take two fucking grapes, you put them on one side of the table. You take two grapes, you put them on the other side of the table. You squish the grapes when we gather on the middle of the table. What do you got? You got squished grapes! It's not that hard! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Math isn't that difficult. You only need the basic four to get through life. Right. If you want a good job, yeah, you learn higher math, but you only need the basic four. And most game books, most, I'm not going to mention one because I fucking hate the fact that they actually have decimal points in it. And I think that's a little too much. Okay, I, I don't need to be converting fractions and decimals in my game. Whole numbers are good enough. There's plenty of other crap going There's on. There's plenty of other crap going on. Or, or how about the argument from the goddamn Europeans where they want all D&D books translated so everything is in meters. I mean... Alright, alright, alright. Actually, this reminds me of a meme. And it's I, actually I think... kind of funny. And I think... Uh, any of our Eero bros or uh, Eero gals out there who may actually listen to the podcast, uh, the meme is actually very astute. Very awesome. And it relates to gaming, actually. It's uh, the, the the black hand and the white hand, you know, reaching out to, like... Fist bump? Uh, not fist bump. They're, they're doing the, the bro... The arm, the arm grasp? The, the, the bro arm grasp. You know, like when Dylan and... Fuck with... Uh, what's his name? Uh, the main character out of Predator. Yeah, it's yeah. that it's that, we that warriors the, arm. Class. Yeah, the, the warriors arm class. When like Carl Weathers meets Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator, and they do that arm class thing, they're like, "Yeah, right on, bro." Well, it's that picture of those two arms coming together, doing that right on, bro. And on one side, it says Europeans learning the American imperial measurement system by playing Dungeons and Dragons. And then on the other side, it says Americans learning metric through the drug trade. Yeah, yeah. Accurate. Yep. However, I'm noticing triple digits up there. Ah, shit. You guys did it again. You wrote me into, like, fucking ranting for most of an episode. You ass monkeys. <laughs> well, everyone listens because they find it entertaining. I More power to them. I don't. I don't listen to this podcast and shit. So, final thoughts. Uh, I know those Blunt Force Gamers guys. They're assholes to me. <laughs> like, that, like that guy who calls himself Goblin? He fucking kicked me in the butt. For no reason. <laughs> then he threw an egg at me. All right, anyway. Final yeah, that thoughts. sounds like you. So, final thoughts. Mine is, when it comes to gaming systems, it is not a bad thing to have standards and be a little picky about what you're playing. That is perfectly fine, perfectly reasonable. I do not besmirch anyone for only wanting to play 5e, even though I think it's dumb. Or anyone who only wants to play AD&D, or only wants to play Vampire the Masquerade Revised, or fucking uh, any other system that they just prefer. People have preferences. We are to respect that. But as long as they don't try and push those preferences on other people. I've literally had conversations in game stores with people, and I say, well, I really don't like 5th edition, so I kind of don't want to play that with you guys. And they go off on me like I just insulted their fucking mother. Yeah, and, and they actually care about their mother. <laughs> An important clarifier. Um, yeah, I'd say you know respect that people have their own choice, and by extension, don't be shoving crap down. That's that's basically you know, don't knock another person's preference. You can you know politely disagree, and you can have dialogue about it. You know, I. I don't mind 5e, especially because I'm a creative player, so I make the system do what I want, not the system playing other way around. 
It's not for everyone. Case in point, Blasphemous. I'm not going to go around knocking on systems that he likes because I don't like the fact that he doesn't like my system. That's dumb. That's I will. I mean, Goblin, you're also, you know, mostly insensitive to people's pain, so who cares? No, actually, I just fucking get horny off other people's pain, but that's besides the point. The right. look on his face when he creeps out, especially women, when we're out in, like, a parking lot or something going to pick up fucking pizza. <laughs> that That's a non-gaming story, but yeah, if I don't creep somebody out, my day is not complete. <laughs> and, like, there was this one gal we were getting in the car, and, like, I don't know what it was, I just turned around and looked at her, and she, like... Looked at me with fear or revulsion, like I was about to lunge at her fucking neck or something. God damn it, made my day. <laughs> and that was before we all had to wear masks. And that was before we had to wear masks for Rona, man. I just like, I don't even want. No, I didn't even like make any snarly faces at her or anything. I just looked over and she's like, and like ah, ah, fear. <laughs> I would totally be yellow ring, dude. Yeah, I think the other thing is that you know, when looking at game systems, you know. Look for ones that have stayed true to themselves. You know, we're seeing it now. D&D, with its current era, is being polluted by fuckwits, non-delievers, and naysayers. As is just about all of gaming at this point. And it's because people haven't actually tried it. Don't knock it before you try it. That's the TLDR. I'll say that in the past quarter century that I've been gaming. And when I first set forth into the arena of gaming, I made it my mission to play as many games and game systems as I possibly could get my hands on, from TFOS, Cyberpunk, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, these fucking weird-ass LARP superhero game meant for kids. I, I didn't care, dude. I wanted to try every possible system I could get my fucking grubby little hands on. Epicurean! Very Epicurean about it. I had a very Epicurean outlook. And that's how I got introduced to some of the game systems I love now. And some of the game systems I fucking despise. And I've had great times playing Chill. Great times playing TFOS. I've had great times playing Dungeons & Dragons. I've also had shit times playing very similar games. There is a Rift game. Despite the fact I love the system. And as obviously I have contention with the uh, company. Or the lead writer I should say. A man I both respect and despise at the same time. I ambivalence. There is the definition. Two conflicting emotions at the same time. I'll have to say this, though. There is a system out there for everyone. There is literally hundreds of systems. I always turn around and find a new game system or a new company. Something new is out there. If you want to play bunnies, then bunnies and burrows is for you. If you want to play little kids in a cyberpunk world, then cyberpunk is for you. If you want to play legendary heroes in a fucking post-apocalyptic setting and you don't like rifts, then you might try Cinnabar. If you want to play a game that's diceless, then go try Amber. There's a game out there for everybody. There's a system out there for everybody. And it's between you and your group. You do not need the game company or third parties telling you what you like to play or what you need to play or what you should feel about what you're playing. It's your choice. It's your group. It's your game. It's your game. You guys decide what you want to play. And my final thoughts? Fuck anyone who tells you otherwise. Yeah. The hell with anybody who tells you what you should be doing at your game table. It's you and your friends. You have fun in the comfort of your own home. Have a great time. There's a game system out there for you. But all you got to do is just 
Look for it. Maybe it's already there on your bookshelf. Maybe somebody you know already has a game system. You want simplicity? Try Stat. You want something a little more complex but gives you wide options? GURPS. There's a game system for everyone. That's my final thoughts. Have fun, gamers. Roll them dice. Get some crits. Game Goblin going back to my crypt. Kazakhan, back to the skies. Darth Blasphemous, signing off. Keep it weird!